0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how design impacts your growth strategies. Joining us is Jonathan Grisbowski, who is the co-founder of Penji, a graphic design service that simplifies the creative process by offering unlimited and on-demand access to dependable and vetted designers that will deliver a project in under 48 hours. Yesterday, Jonathan and I talked about his advice for outsourcing design. And today, we're going to get weird. We're going to talk about Inc. 5000's weirdest growth strategies. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Jonathan Grisbowski, CMO of Penji. Jonathan, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Great to be here again.
1: Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked all about what Penji does and about outsourcing design, the role design plays, really interesting stuff, mostly if you're thinking about how to staff up your design team. We're going to go in a little bit of a different direction today. You ready to get weird?
2: I'm the definition of weird, so...
1: You seem pretty normal to me, but then again, we've only been talking for about 25 minutes. (laughs) Your team, or you, suggested that the topic we should cover are Inc. 5000's weirdest growth strategies. So where does shooting Jeff Bezos off to the moon in a penis-shaped rocket fit in terms of Inc. 5000's weirdest growth strategies?
2: Well, that's definitely the weirder one. Anything penis-shaped in general, I think, is not the smartest idea, but hey, it works for uh, Jeff Bezos. so
1: (laughs) It was great for Jeff Bezos' PR just in terms of the overall amount of impressions. And also, I think it was Austin Powers. Yeah. Dr. (laughs) Evil had a penis-shaped rocket on a radar. Yeah. Yeah. I never realized how much Dr. Evil and Jeff Bezos looked like each other. (laughs) You
2: have to think that somebody with that much money and the ability to grow a business the way that he did You'd have to think that it was calculated, right? Like, there's no way that it wasn't done on purpose.
1: I can't imagine that they actually said, let's go make a penis-shaped rocket. (laughs) I think it was probably science and the way that they're cutting through the atmosphere. And there's no way that it could have been fully intentional just for the sake of being phallic.
2: I want to believe you, but when you have billions upon billions of dollars, I want to also believe that you have a very sick, sadistic humor. So
1: <laughs> I guess when you are the richest man in the world, it's like, all right, what am I going to do next? I'm going to fly to the moon on a dick shaped rocket. Uh, yeah. Excuse my <laughs> language, everyone.
2: So speaking of penis shaped rockets, the complete opposite of that is basically Penji's Growth Strategies. (laughs) No type of that weird of things, but there were some weird things. I'll kind of rattle off a couple. We created a robot. It was probably one of them that ended up just being a massive failure. We ended up giving people watermelons, cantaloupes randomly at a business networking event.
1: So instead of penis shaped rocket, you decided to go with the melons?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went in the other end of the section. Sorry,
1: everyone. <laughs> you know,
2: I didn't even think of that, but that's a really good joke. So I respect that. So you know, I think it. what it comes down to is the weirdest strategies of Penji's success and growth end up being the most sexiest. And that's what makes it weird because I generally believe that businesses and people in general are not as obsessed with the process of actually creating a a sustainable business. And I think that's the one reason why I end up waking up every single day is to perfect to some shape and form the process of our business.
1: So let's talk about the purpose of getting weird, because I think there's actually a marketing tactic here. We see lots of companies that try to do zany, funny, out-of-the-box stuff to get noticed. And it's not even just companies. Influencers, all sorts of people are just trying to stay in the top of the media cycle, stay present, stay top of mind. And sometimes they're doing things that maybe are considered off-brand or irrelevant to their brand, but it just gets everyone talking and remembering them, which has to have some sort of business impact. How do you figure out what the purpose is of your media strategy, how much attention you need, and what attention is good attention.
2: The reason why the episode is discussed as like the weirdest things is actually a contrarian view where it's my job as the speaker and the person that you're listening to to convince you to not actually do weird things. And the one thing that we found out very early on is that we will never trade respect for attention. And we don't want to belittle ourselves and we don't want to make ourselves look different than what we actually are as workers and co-founders of the business. We tried that, we did the weird things, we did the cool things. It worked to a degree, as mentioned before, we created a robot, it ended up getting in multiple newspapers in the local region of where we were located in Philadelphia but it never brought in a customer. Not once did it ever bring in an actual customer. And the reason why I say that is because if you have the fundamentals and the foundation of a strong business, you won't need the disrespectful things, the marketing ploys in order to actually grow the business.
1: Look, you create a robot. I wouldn't say it's disrespectful. It's different if you have topless Tuesdays at your office and you make people uncomfortable and people start thinking about your brand one way or the next. Obviously, that's a different way to market yourself. Creating a robot and trying to get some buzz and do something different and talk about your culture, you're not debasing yourself. You're not demeaning yourself. It just may seem a little irrelevant and a little try-hard. On the flip side, I think of some of the companies that have done a great job with growth strategies. And one of the first ones, you know, the original kind of growth hacking company that comes to my mind is Uber. Lyft also was very good and very creative. Actually, Lyft is probably the best example because their company was kind of founded on a gimmick. I was in San Francisco when Lyft launched. I was one of the earlier kind of beta E testers. And I got picked up by a car with a giant pink mustache. It was funny, it was novel. They're the pink mustache car. Why would I get into this car? Why wouldn't I just take a taxi? Ah, eh, they had a pink mustache. It was cool. It was funny. Good for a party, a laugh. And you know, now it's a multi-billion dollar company with a pink logo and the mustaches have gone to the wayside. So there are times when the gimmicks can be effective. How do you find the balance between the two?
2: It depends on the company culture. I don't know too much about the CEOs of Lyft or even Uber. I was actually on the opposite end of you. I was a part of Uber early on where I was given a Uber card by a guy and basically it looked like a dude from Men in Black. So I think there are times for us in particular, when we tried the kitschy stuff, we ended up doing things and being a person that we simply just weren't. And it showed because it ended up spiking in terms of popularity, but it was never sustainable. And I think the difference between like an Uber and a Lyft, and for example, I think even though it spiked, it ended up actually peaking the curiosity and sustained that curiosity.
1: Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. To me, when I think about You know, there was the initial blitz of PR of like having a stranger pick you up where Uber and Lyft got kitschy and where it actually had a business impact was deliver a dog day or ice cream day or whatever it was. They had all the different icons that were in the app and you can order whatever the random thing was each day. And it actually set the groundwork for I'm going to use Uber to get food delivered. Where I'm going to use Uber for delivery for pretty much anything. It expanded what the product and service offering was. And those are technology companies that were trying to prove that this platform can be used for all sorts of fun stuff. And here's a couple of examples and allowed them to build it into their marketing strategy. I thought that was very creative and a good use of a gimmick to actually expand how people think of the brand as opposed to just trying to be attention grabbing.
2: And I would absolutely agree with that. I think the overarching thing that you should look at as a business owner or or a marketer is what is the end goal? What is the goal of the business? You're speaking about a company right now that isn't at the height of an Uber or a Lyft, however, has aspirations to be a more worldly recognized name in the world of graphic design and marketing. So for us in particular, I think a B2C aspect of that, you know, the Lyft and the Ubers of the world, it works really great. But when you're a B2B, I think, and this is just my opinion, there are multiple companies in our sector that do trade respect for attention. And they're okay with that. That's something early on that we decided not to do because we don't want to go down that road as others have. And so something that we want to be known for is a genuinely good company because the service industry that we're in relies heavily on being good and doing good. And we orchestrated our business to start as a good company, to be a good company, to give back to our community, which is not kitschy at all. It's something that we've built into the foundation of our business. And I think if you were to look at a company like ours, even though it might take a little bit longer than that of a pink mustache, I think in terms of being reputable and having a more sustainable business model... I would argue that the route that we're going is a little bit more sustainable and more reliable than that of explosive growth over a short period of time.
1: I hear you. And there's a point to building a sustainable business that's trustable, that's reliable, and it also makes a lot of sense to build in something that's going to be routine and predictable for your business. Sometimes you want to grab a little attention. Let's talk a little bit about some of the brands that you think that have done a nice job doing something weird. What are some of the Inc. 5000's interesting, weird growth strategies that you've seen?
2: I think as a whole, one in particular was a company that's local to us in Philadelphia, which is GoPop, And they're very similar to Lyft and Uber, but in the world that they're trying to get rid of the worlds of local bodegas. And what they did was they kind of embraced the sex culture. In order to grasp the interest of maybe 18 to 25 year olds.
1: That's a nice way to say horny kids.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on a podcast. So you know, I gotta be at least relatively PC.
1: You have to watch your language. It's my show. I could say what I want.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. So they embraced the sex culture of the 18 to 25 in the very beginning, and they also are now delivering alcohol. This is a company that is now worth, I just read the other day, $15 billion, which is astronomically insane to think about being that they're from Philadelphia and that never happens to a city like ours. But I say that because I think there's a consistent theme here, whether it's about Penji, whether it's about Uber, Lyft, or even GoPop, is the idea of being true to who you are and staying true to that North Star. They embraced themselves in the very beginning. They accepted that this is how they're going to grow up and this is how they're going to be the billion-dollar company that they're in. And they've accepted that and they've built a very reputable business about that. And I think that that's something that the percent listening right now should do the same.
1: All right. So promoting alcohol and sex to horny kids, <laughs> great growth strategy, maybe building a robot and having him drive around the design agency wasn't something that you're going to hang your hat on, but it sounds like you guys have been able to rebound. Talk to me about some of the other growth strategies, you know, instead of doing something weird, what's something interesting that you at Penji have done to drive your growth strategy?
2: As mentioned before, we want to be a socially conscious organization and do good. And I know it sounds cliche, but if you're able to pave your own highway and write your own story and not necessarily look at other people, I think it's really cool to go on Instagram right now and to be able to see an influencer that resembles your spectrum and be able to steal a lot of the things that they did. It's really cool to be able to hear stories about Uber, hear stories about Lyft, or even GoPuff, and see what they did and literally steal that as well. I think me, myself in particular, and the company as a whole are unapologetically individuals. I'm unapologetically myself, very, you mentioned it, Philly guy, cutthroat type of dude, very blunt, going to tell you like it is. Penji is not that at all, which I'm very grateful for. But we don't necessarily look at our competition and we don't look at other people. In fact, we do the complete opposite of, of our entire industry. And it's allowed us to grow to the way that we are. I think you have to do whatever it takes in the very beginning to generate profit. From the very beginning, never had an ounce of funding. And generating profit, even if it was a dollar, is validation. And we already talked about it in the previous conversation, but data is also really important. If you're making smart decisions backed by data, I think you're going to grow, even if it's 1%. And I think the last thing, very briefly, is just the state's stay the focus. Shiny object syndrome is real. We mentioned it very briefly about all the different cool strategies and the weird strategies. But the beauty and the weirdness is being comfortable in your own skin and understanding who you are as a business. And I think that's what allowed us in particular to grow into an Inc. 5000 company. And I believe that if you're able to follow the strategies, your business can too.
1: That's great advice. Staying true to yourself, no matter how weird you may be, and staying true to your company, no matter how weird it may be is what's going to resonate with your potential customers and it's going to help you actually grow your business. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jonathan Grisbowski, CMO of Penji. If you'd like to get in touch with Jonathan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Grisbowski J-G-R-Z-Y-B-O-W-S-K-I-J. Or you could visit his company's website, which is penji.co, P-E-N-J-I dot